two of the best receivers in Florida State history, Peter Work and Snoop yeah. Minutes walk out there. Can can you talk about how that all came together and just what it meant to have them there? Uh, so when I let them know, um, I was just thinking like, what would be like a way to to like shock the world mm-hmm. my, with my commitment. And, uh, you know, most people do all type of things. And I was like, but no one ever brought like a, a player from that school, like a, a, a recent player, like a Hall of Fame or whatever. It and was I'm unique. Like, and... Yeah, yeah, see if we get a Hall of Famer. And we got two of the best players ever put on the jersey at Florida State. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Hear the Spear, presented to you by NoelGameDay.com. We are live here with a really special edition on this one as we head into Wake Forest week. Although there was a lot of good news coming out of Tallahassee, also down there, where now a current FSU commit is with five-star wide receiver Hakeem Williams joining us on the show on Hear the Spear this evening. Hakeem. Welcome to Hear the Spear. Welcome to also your future home in Tallahassee. How's it going, man? It's going good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We, we've been looking forward to this one for how long. Dustin, let me know the news and all of us in the group chat. So we're, we're stoked to have you on. Uh, let, let's jump right into things because, like you said, down in the name tag right here, you're very excited to be a Florida State commit. Tell us how the vibe is right now, like the immediate reaction after the ceremony, because we'll talk about the ceremony, but the reaction after you committed, the phone blowing up, I could only imagine. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, I love it. Um, just proud to be a no man. Yeah, we're, we're going to the beginning of this ceremony. What was the idea of all of that? Because you had a lot of your family there along with friends, very supportive because we could hear them. <laughs> definitely very loud in the background it was awesome you have a ton of support but what was your idea going into all of the ceremony part of things um man, i just wanted to make it big uh shock the world and i wanted to ask just first off for me you know every school in the country pretty much was recruiting you all of the very top programs in the nation have been coming after you for a while and you finally cut it down to six with Florida State being in that list. So just in the end, why the Seminoles over every other school that was recruiting you? Um, the way things uh, – the way Coach Norvell do things around there, uh, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, the way he handles his team, uh, the way he carries himself, the way the players carry themselves, uh, it's amazing. 
what what is it with Coach Norvell? Because we get to see him at practice. We've seen you visit quite a bit and also be uh, you'll be attending these practices like we saw over the summer. What do you like from either, you know, Coach Norvell and also Coach Dugans that makes you want to come here and, and play for Florida State? Because you watch these practices and you see how hard Coach Norvell is coaching these, and it's very intense. There's a lot of speed going on. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of relaxation. What goes into Coach Norvell and what you like about him so much? I mean, uh, it's not just Coach Norvell. I think uh, they all put, like, the entire – the whole Florida State organization put in – they all put into uh, me committing. Um, it's just the energy there is crazy. Like, everyone buys in. Uh, uh, like, you usually go some places and you have uh, certain coaches, you know, when they coach, they're sitting back. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But everyone there, uh, they're all practicing, everybody, even the coaches. Yeah, and like you said, it's kind of everybody. You have a really good relationship with Coach Norvell, but then we also see you when you've come to Tallahassee in the past, you're hanging out with Coach Dugans, with Coach Bartow. Is there anyone on the staff that you would say you have the best relationship with, the the closest connection? Coach Atkins, uh, it's between okay. Coach Atkins, Dugans, and Coach Norvell. So it's really everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you feel, I want to yeah. say I feel like you feel pretty relaxed and comfortable being in Tallahassee. Was that one of the biggest things going into your recruitment? Just having that family vibe whenever you were coming up here to visit in, in the A five zero. For sure. Yeah, I definitely felt that whenever you were coming to the practices. I want to go back to the ceremony because that was definitely a lot of fun in the end there for FSU <laughs> fans. But we got to go to the part two where I want to. I want to go first too. Let, let's talk about your mom because you were, you got emotional there on the stage. What does her relationship mean to you? Because it seems like y'all have a very very close tight knit relationship. It means a lot. Uh, that's who I grew up with. Uh, like that's not that it's been my only parent. Uh, it's just her. Uh, we did a lot together. Been through a lot together. So it's like. Just seeing what, what God has in store for us is crazy. And then going out of that and you get up on stage, and first off, the whole setup was awesome. It, it was crazy to see. I mean, there was multiple reporters there taking videos of everything, but you had the hats and they were The spinning around. hat. Can we yes. talk about that? <laughs> the spinning hats. Where, where did this idea come from? Where's the spinning My, hats thing? Who's, who hooked that up? My event planner. She, she did that. She all right, so she's gonna probably get a couple more gigs yeah. after what uh, yeah. she put on. But that that was awesome. The live stream went great. But then you get up there, you got the hats. The I saw from a different angle the FSU hat was tossed to someone who 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 grabbed the that hat. Was my teammate. That was my teammate. teammate. Okay, the teammate. So once the hat was thrown, FSU fans had flashbacks of another. <laughs> current FSU commit at the time uh, of the hat being flown off and then eventually picking another school. This time you end up going with the Seminoles. Was that a planned thing beforehand? Yeah. 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 I, 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 knew, a, I knew I knew I was going to throw people off. I threw that hat first because you didn't want the first hat get thrown. They're not going back to that one. <laughs> it worked. Let me tell you, yeah. it worked very well because it worked on me. Right. Sure. Dustin, didn't you uh, publish the article that he was going to FSU? That yeah, had, yeah. I published really quickly. Yeah, we had an article for your commitment, and I saw you picked the FSU hat, and I was like, all right, I'm going to publish it. Then you toss it, and I was like, oh, I got to unpublish it. You grabbed the Miami hats. And then uh, Peter Work and Snoop Menace walked out, and we had to republish it. So just oh, you, that. Wait, that was, wait, that was yours on the phone before? 
No, no, that was that, uh, that was someone else. But we had an article ready to go too. But right after that, you know, you you passed on my Miami hat off, and then two of the best receivers in Florida State history, Peter Work and Snoop yeah. Minutes, walk out there. Can can you talk about how that all came together and just what it meant to have them there? Uh, so when I let them know, um, I was just thinking like, what would be like a way to. To, like shock the world mm-hmm. my, with my commitment and uh you know most people do all type of things and I was like but no one ever bought like a, a player from that school like a, a recent play like a hall of fame or whatever it was unique like, and yeah yeah see if we get a hall of famer and we got two of the best players ever put on the jersey at Florida State and not only that, but they were wearing a, a customized shirt uh, yep. with you on it. Yeah. Who came up with that graphic? Like, that? this was planning for what? I don't know. They had, what are... Yeah, yeah well, more than that. They had yeah. actually some pictures. I didn't know what it was for. They shocked me with the shirt. Oh, so they came out with a surprise. Now, those yeah. were clean. Those were clean. Yeah. So they did a great job uh, with the graphic tees there. Um but that the whole reaction from the crowd too was awesome. I want to go, let's go into the recruitment a little bit more. Uh, you know, how long did you know Florida state was going to be the place for you hiking? Maybe like two months. Wow. Two months. And did you, was that whenever you were in Tallahassee? Was it over the phone? Not before. It was before. Before it. Yeah. Just talk with family, the coaching yeah. staff kind of just felt like the right move then yeah yeah did yeah. you tell fsu at that time or no, i told them like a month in okay. so about a month ago yeah so when you Maybe told like them when you told them then what what was their reaction it was like nah you playing, Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm for real it was like let's do it and i'm sure y'all have talked since then so since your commitment on Friday, you know, how are they feeling now that they officially have you in that Tribe 23 class? Man, they ready to rock. Yeah. They're ready to rock. When you, when, you, when you were going to these practices and you see the wide receiver room and you see what Coach Dugans is doing, does that excite you quite a bit? Because you saw last year and okay. you, you see them bringing these transfers too, and you also see the vets now. I mean, you saw Portier in the end zone uh, last weekend, make a great grab. And you've seen Johnny Wilson do this. Ontario Wilson puts on a show in New Orleans on national television. You're there. What, what does that do for you and adding on excitement? Because there's it's been a whole 180 there for Ron Dugan's room. Um, it, it helps a lot. Like, just knowing what Chris Dugan's can do and, like, how he can bury you as a player, it's just – you put it's just putting your your trust in the right person, you know. It was a really busy couple of weeks for you leading up to that commitment last Friday. You got the chance to check out Florida State and New Orleans, and then you saw Pittsburgh, and then you went to Texas A&M and got to watch them beat Miami in three consecutive weeks. So I guess just first off, what was it like? going over to New Orleans and especially seeing all the Florida State fans that traveled there and then also checking out the game. It was good. Uh, I didn't expect that many fans to be there, honestly. They shocked me. Yeah. I want to say what, what – Brown Doak, obviously the war chant is a big thing. You've been able to hear that. 
you excited about playing under that and Heck seeing yeah. the fan to fans vibes? Because whenever it comes, when, when a team's doing well here in Tallahassee, the community, it's a different, it's a different world almost. It feels like, Fact. but Fact. what are your thoughts about yeah. running out that tunnel? And then uh, like, nope, boy, that's crazy. It's like they on your neck. <laughs> on your neck? Yeah. That's a good way of pointing it. I mean, Florida State had a sellout against Boston College, who isn't a great a great team this year, but it goes to show when this team is winning, man, this community, right. I mean, the, around Florida, the whole southeast region, people flying down to games. That's just kind of how it goes here. The support is really big for that football team. Um, and it's, it's huge. What about what about your relationship? Because you, you have relationships with the staff, obviously, but you also have a really close friend. And I don't know if you have any more outside of Omar Graham Jr. He was super excited. He almost he also got tricked too. I don't know if you saw his tweet, but <laughs> he put out a tweet saying, "Man, nah, I ain't he, see it. he he, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it up here. I'll bring it up here in a second. Uh, but what's your relationship? Can you tell us about your relationship with Omar Graham Jr.? It's a good relationship. Oh. We, we used to play together, so, like, I mean, he's like, that's my, my brother. What's yeah. it like, you know, you get the perspective from the coaches when they're recruiting you to Florida State, but then you've also got a guy here who, like you said, you play with in high school, you're pretty close with, and now he's experiencing the college life as a true freshman. So, I guess getting it from a player as well as a coach, how much did that kind of help in your decision or at least feel uncomfortable about FSU? Uh, it helped a lot. Um because sometimes you gotta take advice from people that's that's doing it, and not the people that's teaching it. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No, I I feel you on that one. One thing that goes into being almost of your caliber of a recruit, you're committing into this class is now you go into recruiting on your own and. Is that something that you're going to take into your hands on helping recruit in the, in the Tribe 23, Tribe 24, and, and yeah, further? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to try to build a recruiter. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Any 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 names that you're you're keeping an eye out on or are trying to get in contact with, trying to sway in the Garnet and Gold? Right now, right now, they, they, right now, I'm trying to get Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell, okay. The D-Lyman, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to ask you about another really good receiver in the state of Florida, and that's Jalen Brown, because I remember during your last visit to FSU, you know, you guys were out there at the Seminole Showcase throwing the ball around on the sideline. I think Coach mm-hmm. Norvell was making a couple of jokes with you guys. So, you know, what's your relationship like with him? And now that you're committed to Florida State, you know, is that someone that you could possibly get in his, get in his ear as well? Uh, I mean, we're cool. Uh, I don't know how much he's uh, interested in Florida State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and going into, like, more of the current state of, of Florida State, where do you think Magnerville is leading things? Because you've seen the 0-4 start from last year. You get the 4-0 now. And 2022, a big matchup against Wake Forest. You're, you, you know, you, you believe in that process with Mike Norvell? Yes. I think they have a chance that – ACC champs this year and more than that. Okay. FSU fans will like hearing that. <laughs> that, that For sure. A little bit different than how, how it began the season because, you know, Florida State, and I think, too, that wide receiver room making those moves. And I'm, I'm a – I'm personally – I pull for, for Coach Dugans, um, you know, for what he did, too, during his time at Florida State. He did 
pretty dang well. But now as a coach and, and getting some guys in that are coming down with these grabs, it's, it's fun to watch and it's going over national television. Is Florida State still to you one of those big national college football brands? Heck yeah. Kind of a question out there. I know. I had to. I had to test you there a little. I had to test you a little bit. I had to see. I had to see. Okay. Pretty good number of commitments so far, and and Tribe Twenty Three. You know, sixteen verbal commitments, and now a top twenty class in the nation. Um, you've been to FSU a couple times now, unofficially. You've been around some of these commitments. So, and now you know you're in the group chat too as a commit. So, who are you the closest with so far in Tribe Twenty Three? No one right now. Not no, not right now. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta start. Uh, I gotta get to know. Them. Uh, probably catch someone at the games. Meet them. Mm-hmm. Talk to them. Were there any of them that you were talking with before you committed? Not really. Gotcha. gotcha. Carol on here. We have some fans in the comments asking you a question here. Hi, Kim. Carol from Facebook's asking, "When did you first start watching Florida State football?" Uh, last year last year okay yeah last year gotcha um yeah i was gonna say some sometimes some of the we've had a few recruits come on here too and they go back talking about at least on the defensive side they're talking derwin james they're talking jalen ramsey of some players is there anybody in the past though that at least on fsu side that you've kind of heard about before. I mean, there's always Kelvin Benjamin there with that 2013 national championship grab mm-hmm. in the end zone. No, yes, Peta might, Peta and uh, Snoo Menace might be two ones though. They've got to be up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, up. yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anybody that you craft your game? Like you watch the NFL, obviously anybody that you like relate your game to in any way? Uh, DK. DK, I'll say DK Metcalf's a big guy, and I saw you at practice. And yeah, you you got. You, what are you at right now, size wise? Uh, six three two ten. I think I'm two eight. Two eight. Are you yeah. want to stay at that size? Or... Right. I would say yeah. 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 I get. Like You're a multi-sport athlete. I believe early in your high school career, you used to swim, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so you did that, and now you're playing basketball as well as football. You've won – well, you've been a part of two state championship teams in basketball at the high school level. I guess, you know, playing multiple sports, how do you feel like that helps you in football? Uh, it helps a lot. Uh, swimming uh, helps my body. helps your, um, your durability. Uh, it, it actually uh, – rehab. It's rehab, um, your stamina. Uh, basketball helps your most, my mobility, my explosiveness, um, and and my you know uh, stamina. So they all chip in in a little part because I, I used to run track too. So I was gonna ask, did he? What do you run in those? What events? I just did relay four by one. Four by one anchor. Yeah. 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 I was anchoring second leg. Have you have you ran a forty yet? There's a lot of questions now in the chat about how fast uh, you are. Have you ran a forty now? No. Nah. No. Nah. Yeah, everybody everybody wants to know the speed over here. I'm trying to see if there's any more questions. 
that are uh, coming through the chat that we could bring up in here because there's a ton flying all the way. Oh, I want to ask one. This is an important one. This probably might be the most important question. The white helmets, clean? Heck yeah. (laughs) One of the cleanest in college football, you think? For sure, for sure. I was going to say, whenever they started unlocking those with the recruiting events they would have with the photo shoots, it seemed to be one of the top-picked helmet to go with with all the photos. Yeah. (laughs) They were clean. Yeah, I got one more. Hakeem, I know you said you're going to continue to take some visits now that you're recruited. I guess um, when's the next time we can expect you in Tallahassee and what other schools do you think you're going to visit weekend, hopefully. this weekend? And what other schools are you thinking about visiting uh, You know, before December? I don't know. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I'm trying to think. There's one more. Oh, this is a good one here. What do you – Hakeem, what do you plan on majoring in? I know this is – we're talking future, future, but going into college, anything? I was thinking about engineering. Engineering? Okay. Yeah. Is math one of your favorite classes? Yeah. Yeah. I like counting. Yeah. See, now I liked I liked math until we started doing all those equations and algebra, and I said, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that anymore. I like math, and, like, the only part that makes me, like, eh, is the formula part. Um, I'm, I'm, I mostly do it without the formula. Yeah, no, the formula is not fun. Anything with formulas yeah. and equations get me out. There's a question on here. Yeah. What what number do you plan on wanting to wear when you arrive at FSU? Uh, zero, one, or eight. Zero, one, or eight. Yeah, that, that's yeah. crazy with the new zero number, with that coming out. It's, I think I've gotten used to it by now, at least in the college football. You know, it's pretty easy there, but the zero, the zero is clean. Yeah. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think there's any more here on coming through Facebook or YouTube, but uh, I'm we're we're super stoked for you. I, I know that you got that process wrapped up, and had to been a pretty fun weekend for you guys. Also, you get to see Florida State win and, and beat Boston College like they did. And as you're coming up here this upcoming weekend, hopefully, travel safe. Uh, also, shout yes, out to sir. Coach Shu for helping set up the interview. Uh, we appreciate you also hopping on here late at night. So, uh, best of luck to you. Stay healthy this season yes, too. Stay safe too with the storm coming through, and uh, we'll see you soon in Tallahassee, man. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Thanks, Hakeem. Four nose, baby. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Hakeem. Have a good evening. All right. Sweet deal. So, there's a big time Florida State commit. I don't think we've had one of that magnitude on the show. The five yet. star. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had one of those yet, but that was uh, awesome to hear some insight going into that. Obviously, the recruitment and then going into the ceremony with the hat toss. I had to ask him on that one. I had to ask him on that. I had to. I mean, he got everybody. <laughs> broke me, man. Everyone had a little flash of PTSD. Oh, they did. Oh, 100% they did. Um, but, you know, Florida State lands five-star wide receiver commit Hakeem Williams in that 2023 class. Uh, he did name a name, though, that he's going after, but it's on the defensive side, on the defensive line. Bell? Jordan Bell? Jordan, Jordan Hall. Jordan Hall. Okay, Jordan Hall. Yeah, that's a that's a big one, too, that Florida State is heavily after, D. Lou. Yeah, right now, you know, he's leaning towards Georgia. He was supposed to be in Tallahassee this past weekend, but it appears that he didn't make it in for that visit. So, Florida State, you know, they're going to keep working there to try and get Hall – 
down for an official visit before the early signing period in December. And, you know, obviously right now you got a pretty good haul, <clears throat> Jordan Hall, but you got a pretty good haul on that interior defensive line <laughs> with KJ Sampson and Tavian Gadsden committed. So if you are able to add Jordan Hall to that group, I mean, it just adds to a heck of a defensive line class when you think about those DNs as well. So Tribe 23 doing really well on the defensive front and pretty good start on that offensive line with Broderick Kearney and Lucas Simmons still committed as well. And we'll see what happens with DJ Chester. You know, he was here for an unofficial visit last weekend, and that's another high-profile target um, on the trenches. And as we've seen, you know, this coaching staff has really built from the trenches out, and they're continuing to do that in this 2023 class. Yep. I like they talked about, too, relationship with his mom and how – big that was and talking about p-dub and snoop being there and setting that whole uh that whole thing up and they surprised him with the shirts coming out with that so uh such, such a cool ceremony obviously a lot better with it going in fsu's favor for florida state fans but uh definitely. they definitely got a talented <laughs> big talented guy big talented guy coming into that wide receiver room and uh seems coach atkins too <laughs> whatever yeah it's group effort Group effort, but once again, Alex Atkins mentioned in a big recruitment there for the Seminoles. What a shocker. But, uh, yeah, as always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, we go live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. We are just now getting started with uh, last little thoughts here on Boston College as we'll shoot into this week with practice observations. We'll talk Florida State being ranked for the first time in a very long time, and then we'll jump into our Florida State first Wake Forest preview. Key matchups to watch, including at the end, our score predictions. Score predictions. So appreciate everybody hanging out. Hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Share with your friends if you're on Facebook. Appreciate everyone always. The numbers have been crazy right now. So uh, really, really super appreciative all of us are on here. Let, let's jump into some things here. We don't have to spend much time at it. At, on this at all because Florida State absolutely obliterated Boston College at home but any any last thoughts there on on the game you know my number one thing that we didn't really talk about too much on was just the health status from a few players I know we saw a few guys leave the game there uh, seemed like Robert Cooper kind of got a little ding there and they allowed him to rest for the, re uh, the rest of the game and then also Derek McLendon Florida State's uh, you know stud there at defensive end veteran guy Got it. Got it. You're going to want to have those guys healthy. I think there's good signs that you'll have those guys available on Saturday. And then going outside of that, you know, Fabian Lovett, you know, we still don't know fully if he's going to be available. It doesn't seem to be so. Um, and you got to have some guys step up. And Florida State's interior defensive line did what they needed to do on Saturday night, and they caused havoc for Jerkovic. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, it's going to be important for Florida State to get as many of those guys back on the defensive line uh, this weekend. You're going against one of the top, if not the top defense or offense that Florida State will play all season in Wake Forest. And that really starts with Sam Hartman um, in that passing attack. But when you look at it, he's only been back for three games. He's already been sacked eight times, and five of those sacks came against uh, Liberty and Vanderbilt. So Florida State, you're hoping they should be able to put some pressure here, whether that's with the defensive line, blitzing with defensive backs and linebackers some way, somehow they need to create some pressure on Hartman to make him uncomfortable back there as early as possible. But just sticking with BC for a minute, I thought it was a dominant effort from Florida state on, well, really all three phases of the game. When you factor in the kickoff return 
for a touchdown. I mean, this this is the stat for me. Jordan Travis, 321 passing yards, obviously a career high there that we talked about. And then Boston College total yards, 235. So that just puts it into perspective what the team did, not only on offense, but on defense to limit the Eagles. And, yeah, they got a couple things there against the reserves in the second half. But overall, from beginning to end, that was a type of performance that Florida State needed to have. And like Mike Norvell said, he wanted this team to play a complete game. And I thought they did that now that – and it was important to do that, entering this stretch against three straight ranked opponents. And to your point about yardage, I think Boston College only had, what, 84 yards at halftime? I mean, Florida State really just hit the hammer on them early. And even if they ended up with 230 yards at the end, most of those yards for Boston College were essentially garbage time. The, the game was over at halftime. You could tell that Djurkovic didn't have any life in him. He was missing on throws that he would usually hit. He should have had that one deep pass in the third quarter, just overthrew the guy by three or four yards. Um, it, it was good to see Florida State come out with this kind of effort against a team that, you know, they could have slept on. They could have seen the stretch coming up saying, you know, we got three straight ranked opponents. You know, that's the prototypical trap game, but they came in, laid the hammer on them early, and, you know, it, it was good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they took care of business, and that's how it was back in the day, and I think you see signs of that where Florida State should be beating these teams to this caliber. That's how it should be, and it was, it was nice to see and also nice for us to sit back and relax in the press box for the first time in a very long time. Let me go ahead and tell you that. I was talking with Jeff Kalane, Florida State's radio head of radio there, and announcer who's doing a great job so far. And we kind of talked about it when he came on as a guest a few weeks ago. He might have brought that good luck from up north. Apparently. <laughs> he he might have brought that good luck. We talked about it, and sure enough, he did. But he's doing a great job. But we, we said it was nice to kind of sit back, relax. He still had to call a lot of touchdowns, but that's easy to do. And it's fun for him. So, you know, Florida State took care of business pretty much and, and put this game away in the first quarter, which we haven't seen in a very long time. And against a Power 5 uh, a team. And, you know, that, that's just something that we've seen. It's been a while, but we've seen quite a year's pass. And that's how it should be here in Tallahassee. Take care of business and do it early. And that's something that we were worried about coming into this. Would Florida State, you know, they're 3-0 coming into this game against Boston College. They're hearing all these good things about them. Oh, the FSU should be ranked. You know, they're dealing with some injuries as well. And at the same time, they're going going up against a BC team who on paper wasn't the greatest. They weren't the greatest on the field either. But they could have overlooked that team and, you know, started thinking about Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson. Instead, they went out, dominated that opponent, got the starters out early, got some got some reserves, some playing time that they don't normally get. And got a little bit of extra rest as you head into this really tough stretch. So I thought it was an impressive show of maturity from FSU as well as how they played on the field. Florida State coming out of that win ends up being ranked. Took a little while. Understandable. It's all right. But Florida State ranked for the first time since 2017. Coming in at number 23. Number 23 in the country. Who's right ahead of them? the team that you're facing this upcoming weekend with Wake Forest, which just sets up a great story. I love storylines, but once again, you have this and it, it creates a lot of, a lot of competition heading into this one, because you got two ACC teams, just like Hakeem said, you know, Florida state has a good chance here and it's going to tell in these, these next three games of a potential chance to compete for that top tier of the ACC. This one, Wake Forest still in it too, Dalton. I mean, there's no overlooking the Demon Deacons and what Dave Clawson has been able to do there during his tenure. He's done a great job with that team, and we'll get into 
Wake Forest here in a few. But Florida State being ranked, man, it, it feels feels weird, man. It's gonna feel weird whenever looking at that TV, VZ, and, and seeing number uh, seeing number twenty three down there with a the number next to Florida State. It's gonna be. I mean, I know you're used to it with basketball. Don't don't bring it that way. Don't swing See, it I'm that used way. To it. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, you're uh, used to it over there on CBS, all that crap. But uh, for FSU on football on the football side of thing, a little bit different. I mean, it's the first time both teams will be ranked in a game in Tallahassee since Willie Taggart's first game, which is a nightmare of a statement. Um, but it's it's something that Florida State fans are used to. It's what they grew up with. It's what they envision Florida State being. And I think I think Logan especially was expecting them to be ranked last week after the Louisville win. Um, but I think this felt a little more deserved. You know, go out and just hammer a Boston College team, even if they're not the greatest. You know, show the media voters that, you know, this is a team to be respected. That's the thing just for me, for my excuse. That's what I get when you have a Friday night game. Florida State does that on the road, does that. But then you also – that didn't happen on Saturday. So if things, were, don't go, if things don't go right for you on Saturday, then that yeah. kind of screws you up because obviously sure. a lot of teams were able to stay there in the end. And D-Lou is going to argue. Wow. He could argue with an ant or a piece of paper. Well, but you, you said they would be ranked after LSU too. Had a potential, potential. Mm. <laughs> he he did have the draft ready. I will say that he had the draft ready Monday morning. Oh, I we got to stay. Pre- we have, we have to stay prepared here. Easy. <laughs> you got to stay prepared at all times. You never know what could happen. You never know. But that was sitting in the docket for a little a couple weeks there. But you know what? We were prepared and had it ready, and that's how it works. But yeah, first time since 2017. It's just gonna be a little odd seeing it on that. Uh, 2018. 2018. First time seeing it. So it's 2018 and seen on TV. And it, I mean, it's a deserving game for a ranked contest contest. And when you look at Wake Forest coming into this, it kind of reminds me of the Louisville game. Louisville had lost to Syracuse. They were 0-1 in the ACC. They were 0-1 in the ACC Atlantic. And it's the same thing with Louisville or with Wake Forest. They're 3-1, but they're 0-1 in the ACC. They're 0-1 in the ACC Atlantic after losing to Clemson. This is a game they can't afford to lose. Because like Louisville, Wake Forest entered the season with aspirations to go back to the conference championship. Obviously, they lost it to Pittsburgh a year ago. We're hoping to return there with Hartman and hopefully win it in 2022. Dropped a close one to Clemson last week. But they absolutely, coming into this game, can't afford to lose to FSU if they're somehow going to make it back to Charlotte. I hope it's being held in Charlotte. Again, I'm going to say Charlotte. But if they want to make it back to the ACC championship, they can't lose this one to FSU. So you're playing a really desperate Wake Forest team and one who is a high-powered offensive show as well. So Florida State's defense is really going to have to step up in this one. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about it more in the, in the Wake Forest preview in a few minutes. But it's um, it's going to be an interesting test. You know, what, what kind of Wake Forest team are we going to see coming off that Clemson game? You know, or is it going to be a team that's kind of down on themselves? Because, you know, you get to double overtime against Clemson. And you don't quite capitalize, even though you stop them on that two two point conversion. Or are you mm. going to get a team that's really fired up trying to prove a point? It's going to be interesting to see how it comes out, but we'll talk about it here in a little bit. That's a good point because it's got to be deflating. Not only did they go to double overtime, they scored on the first possession of overtime yep. to go up by seven, and then their defense surrendered two straight touchdowns, and they weren't able to score in that double overtime. So I mean, they were really close to pulling that off at home. Would have been one of the biggest wins for Wake Forest in recent memory. I mean, they'd lost how many in a row to Clemson. So yeah, that's that's a point. They could be a little deflated. And they played a tough they went into double overtime. So they played a really physical game against 
Clemson, who, you know, one of the best, one of the best in the country and has dominated the ACC in recent years, whereas Florida state got out early against Boston college and got some guys, some extra rest. So I'm, I'm interested to kind of see that balance on Saturday. Yep. hundred percent. Let's jump into some practice observations and we'll dive all the way into the Sam Hartman wake forest preview. Since it seems like we're pretty excited to talk about it. Uh, practice observations. D Lou, you weren't there with me on Tuesday. So I get to tell all the lies I can as much as I can, but it's going to be the same thing. There was one theme coming out of this week's practices, and that was Florida State's defensive backs putting on a show. I mean, I think this was better than how they prepped against LSU because I thought the defensive backs played pretty well too. And those two practices leading up to – at least the ones that we got to view in those two practices leading up to LSU before they traveled over there to New Orleans. I thought this week, man, they were playing really well. He had multiple interceptions. I thought Jamie Robinson had his best week of camp. Uh, Marion Cooper came away with an interception today. Jaren Jones on Tuesday came away with one, but guys flying everywhere and that secondary, that's what you want. That's exactly what you would like to see. I know coach Woodson was very pleased, uh, you know, leaving these practices with what his group did uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. I don't know that I have a ton to add to that. Cause like you said, even, even today when I was back out there, I thought the defensive backs were, Phenomenal. As you noted, uh, Cooper got a really big interception on the defense in two-minute drills. Jordan Travis had just completed five of his first six passes to get the offense down to the scoring position. And then Cooper made a great read on Travis to step in front of a throw and take it for a pick to end the drill. And then Jerry and Jones, there was a play where Travis hit Malik McClain on the sideline. It looked like it was going to be a catch for a first down. And then you have Jerry and just come diving in there, a diving effort, somehow gets a fist on the ball to knock it out for an incompletion at the last second. And that was that might have been the play of the day for the defense because the coaches ran over there, the the defense ran over there. It was a, a strong day for the defensive backs. Greedy Vance had an interception as well. I noted Kevin Knowles with a PBU, Azari Thomas with a PBU. So that's exactly what you want to see You're going up, when you're going into this game against Wake Forest where they're going to put the ball in the air a ton with Hartman and these big receivers who we'll talk about a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam McCall. Also, I spent a lot of time on the defensive side this week, in particular today, too, while they were running scout. And Sam McCall also came away with a PBU. That group just looked sharp, man. And you saw how Marion Cooper played last week. I mean, that interception, we kind of looked at ourselves and said, this one might not last long, guys. And that's a that's what you want from the, these DBs and definitely from Marion Cooper, who's going to have a big day ahead of him, along with Renardo Green on the other side. Marion Cooper is going to have a lot to deal with and for him to seem like he's getting close, if not now to fully hundred percent is huge for Florida state secondary. And you add that on with some vets with Akeem Den and Jamie Robinson, who's like Mike Norvell, Mike Norvell said in the presser on Monday, it might not show with stats and such, but when they look at film, he's in the right spot at the right times. And, you know, he knows his assignment, very, very smart player, which you can rely on. They're going to need this secondary playing their best. They're going to have to play their best they've ever played this season against Sam Hartman, a, a lethal quarterback in the ACC. No no disagreement there at all. And, you know, it's important. Cooper missed the season opener. He was It looked like he was limited there a little bit against LSU, only played a couple defensive snaps against Louisville. So for him to come back and get that interception against Boston College, you know, it, it's good good news for him as he gets back into a rhythm there missing some time early in the preseason 
and everything. And that's just huge for the chemistry of this defensive backfield because, you know, having one of your starters out, that can't really help. And as I've talked about before, you know, I feel comfortable with Cooper, Knowles, Renardo Green, those two guys at safety, Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent. Got to feel pretty good about Shaheem Brown. But really for me in this one against Wake, where they're going to put the ball, you know, 30, Mm -hmm. 35 plus times in the air, you know, how are these backup cornerbacks going to fare? Jerry and Jones, you know, Azari Thomas, Sam McCall, if they're able to get in there, Malik Feaster, how are these guys going to do when, when they do get some reps? But, you know, we talked about it before, as you noted, Logan, whenever they went against LSU, a vaunted wide receiving core, and yeah. they limited them for three quarters of that game. They got loose there a little bit in the fourth, but it was a heck of a game plan from Adam Fuller, and they executed it to a T for the majority of that one there. And we'll see if they can do the same thing against the Demon Deacons. I want to ask you this, dealer, since you've been to all these practices with me, has anything for yesterday? Yeah. Has anything of uh, energy, coaching, intensity fallen down since we've seen fall camp to you at any any way? I have no, I I wouldn't say so. I um, feel like it's been raised. Yeah, that and we've talked about it in previous episodes. It feels like every week it's just getting jumped up another notch as these guys get to somewhere they haven't been before at least under, you know, under Norvell in these two years, this, this, this coaching staff too, you know, really getting on these players, keeping the focus out there, being like, like we said, more intense than before for to say they had an average practice and Norvell brought it up during the bye week But ever since then they've kicked, kicked the intensity back up. And I think, you know, even when you're dealing with some injuries and there's some guys in the two deep who aren't out there at practice, Despite that, you're still having really quality battles from the first team on down to the third team and, and the scout team, and that's exactly what you want to see. You know, one unit doesn't dominate the other. The offense makes plays. The defense makes plays. They're they're intense during the special teams periods. As far as practice, you've got to be really happy with Florida State, and that's what makes us so comfortable going into these Saturdays because we get a chance to see how they prepare for two days a week, and they've been preparing at a really high level ever since the preseason. These practices suck. I'm just telling you. I mean, if I was a player out there, they would suck. And they're not easy, man. We talked about it after the Boston College game in our instant reaction show that these guys work their tails off, both on the coaching staff and definitely the players. I mean, they go through hell for those two and a half hours that we get to see twice a week. It it sucks. I'm just glad I'm not out there. It blows, man. Uh, It doesn't look fun. But then when you get out there on Saturdays, it's supposed to be easier for you. And definitely if you're de- deep there in the film room, cause it's crazy. We see that, but then they go and spend even more time there in the film room and looking at things. Uh, one thing that I want to know, we, we talked with Jordan Travis today. Um, one of the first times since his injury uh, against Louisville, he says that, you know, when he went down, he thought it was worse than, you know, before the trainers were able to go in and tell him, Hey, that it's not too bad. He also talked about saying, that he wanted to go back out there in that second half, but the trainers held him back. He was extremely happy, though, for Tate Rodemaker, as he should. And, you know, D. Lou and VZ, I don't think he's fully – I mean, we saw him, and sure enough, he evaded the pocket, got away from a safety there in the end zone, which that's just some wild stuff. And then you also, I think, his big run that he had there um, on that drive going down the field, I was like, dang. So maybe maybe he is 100%. I don't think he's fully, fully 100%. But 
but a good sign there for the Florida State Seminoles and their starting quarterback who is having a stellar start to the season. I know there's stats everywhere, left and right, PFF. You can go to ESPN. We can rank everybody all across the country. But Florida State has one of, and if not a competing top ACC quarterback right now. And Jordan Travis, after four games, I think it's time for us to talk about him. How much – how much longer will, will he be here? <laughs> Cause now I was, I was one of the few, I was one of the people on here saying, nah, I think he needs, he's going to need some more time. He's going to need some more time. I give him another year and whatnot, but I'll be honest with you guys. I wasn't expecting this kind of performance to start the season. And I know people are worried about, Oh, he hasn't played anybody. Well, I don't, I can't say words on here like that. Cause I'd like to try to get a sponsor soon, but yeah, I'll keep quiet. He, he He's done enough for us. And the things that he's, gone through and going through that injury and playing the way he did this last weekend was impressive to me over. I mean, you go from an injury like that and you throw for over 300 and a career high, get out of here, dog. It's impressive. The leaps he's taken from last year. Cause you know, last year for a couple of games, you're still debating if they should be playing Mackenzie Milton over him. They were saying, well, he's not a great quarterback, but he's the best quarterback FCU has right now. And then this off season and these first four, first four games, he's been phenomenal. I think Florida state has the fourth highest graded, offense on pro football focus not just you know passing attack but he, he's leading this offense down the field drive after drive making great throws the coaches are doing a great job scheming things open for him making his reads easy and he's doing a great job of using his legs to open up throwing lanes i know we've talked about this a lot last few weeks but he hasn't really run that much you know it, it's all been using those legs to create opportunities through the air and it's it's that next step we really really wanted to see him take and he's taken it um Personally, I think he still needs a little bit more time to, you know, add some weight. You know, NFL teams don't really like their quarterbacks to be as lean as he is. Um, but he's made some impressive strides, man. Shout out, you know, not only Mike Norvell, but Tony Tokar is the new quarterback's coach. I'm sure Alex Atkins helping with the offensive lines, helping too. Mm-hmm. Um, just real impressive stuff that we've been seeing from him. We need to alter that statement slightly because you said Jordan Travis – doesn't run that much and i would like to say to that jordan travis compared to what compared to what we've seen well just let me finish i was gonna say jordan travis doesn't run that much to where it shows on the stat sheet but i mean this man's running for 100 150 yards a game when you consider what he's doing outside of the pocket evading these defenders making those plays on third down you know by on the sideline he's running but it's just not something that shows up in the stat sheet. And I think that's the most impressive development because normally Travis would actually be running, you know, he'd have 18 carries for 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns, but instead he's using that ability to make plays in the passing game downfield. And that's really been at for benefited Florida state. And, you know, where his confidence at is at right now, it feels like he can make any throw that, they ask of him to in that offense and he's reading the defense at a high level. I, I think it doesn't say enough to what coach Norvell and coach Tokar has continued from what coach Dillingham was doing with Jordan, the the development there from where he was, you know, in 2019 before Norvell and, and the staff got here to where he is now. I mean, man, that's the epitome of development. You know, Jordan Travis, you look it up in the dictionary, Jordan Travis's picture is right there because he's went from a scrambler to, you know, people saying this guy's never going to be able to put it in the air and win games as a passer to what he's doing now. It's just impressive. He, he went from last year, you know, he'd take one read and if it wasn't there, he'd scramble off, you know, try and run for 
a few yards. Now he's yeah. you know going to his third, fourth reads. Just impressive, man. He's making some really impressive throws. You know, I, I feel like every game he's got two or three throws right up the seam to either Cam McDonald or someone else. It's like he wasn't making these throws even eight months ago. Just, mm-hmm. just really impressive from him to see his confidence and taking these steps forward. And whether that's just not having someone looking over his shoulder, like with James Blackman and, and Mackenzie Milton in the past couple of years, or whether that's you know just being in this offense now for three years, developing chemistry with these playmaker, playmakers, whatever it is, Jordan Travis has found it, and he's playing at the best level an FSU quarterback has and you know, maybe since Jameis Winston was here. All right. I mean, who else in that time? Yeah, DeAndre Francois had a good year in, in 2016, but. Yeah, Everett Colson had like four good games. Everett Colson, no, you're going to get ripped apart in the class. No, stop it, stop it. No, he had, no, he had, Jordan like, Travis. He had like four good games, and then after yeah. that he fell off once he got hurt. And you know. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things, I mean, that that play there, I mean, that's highlight tape from whenever J-Trav got out of that pocket and then still was able to find Darren Williamson. That's the thing that we saw in the spring, D-Lou. We saw him doing that and keeping his eyes downfield. And I kept on trying to tell people it's going to translate on the field. He does this. He does this. He, he's not. He's, it's 80% pass, might be like 90% pass, and 10% he'll run. Um, there's some things, too, I, I think he can get better at. Sometimes you just got to take it and run, man. Sometimes it's wide open, and I know that he wants to keep his eyes downfield, but at some point you got to dump it off. But he's having a great start to the season. We're four games in, one-third of it all. So, you know, yeah. that's a great sign to see him already make that enhancement from the off-season, spring, and now to start off the season. What could this look like the next four games? What could it look like the next eight games? It's keep an eye. Keep an eye on number 13. Uh, let, let's jump into some. Uh, let's jump into some Florida State versus Wake Forest coming in big time showdown. Dave Clawson going viral, man. I, I want y'all hear can, what can he said. Yeah, can we start here? You want to? Let's all start with a little Dave Clawson talk because that seems to be the hit the last forty eight hours since his presser on Monday. Don't worry, guys. I have always got it hooked up for you on YouTube. All of us hanging out with us. Also, the audio versions can be able to hear it. But let's hear from Dave Clawson. Hear what he had to say about not expecting a whole lot of people to be inside Doak Campbell Stadium this upcoming weekend. Let's hear what he had to say. Be fewer people. Yeah, I mean, given that Florida State canceled classes and canceled their homecoming, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be packed. Um, I mean, there could end up being who knows. There could be fewer people here than Vanderbilt. You know, I, I mean, I, I think we were preparing for that. I'd be very surprised. I mean, I have, you know, friends down there that wanted tickets that said, no, thanks, we're good now. So, um, you know, it, it, again, it's when that place is rocking. What was that sound? See, and, you know, they get their, the horse and they throw the thing and it explodes. I mean, it's like, a, it's it's quite a scene. It really is. Um and uh, and our players enjoy that environment. They really do. They they like playing in big stadiums and having big crowds. Uh, whether we get that or not right now, who knows? I, I would be surprised, but maybe we will. You know, who knows? Maybe this thing will take a turn and it'll. What does he mean by explode? There's a lot of things in that you know 35 second clip where I'm like, come on, man! Like you could expand your thoughts a little bit um <laughs> all week his his 
conference has been so weird because you're talking about, you know, if the ACC doesn't do the right thing regarding the storm, that we will. And at that point, the storm was already headed towards Tampa, not really, you know, Tallahassee as much. Stay safe, our South Floridian friends, obviously. Um, but it's just interesting. It, to me, I don't know if he's trying to play a game like mentally or if he really doesn't want Wake Forest to travel down and play this football game. Something's up. It's Something's just, it's just weird now. vibes. And I understand, too, the press conference is being earlier than the track of the hurricane. I get it. I understand that. And I'm all for that. Yeah, the, it's over. This game is 125% being played this upcoming weekend in Doak. But when it when he first was talking about that earlier in the week, I came off, like you said, VZ, like, do you want to come down here? Are you sure you want to come play in Doak? Sorry that you're friends down here you're not going to give them tickets to come but the safest option would be coming to Tallahassee we won't go all the way into whole evacuation where you need to be in Florida but anyways it just didn't sound like Dave Clawson wants his team to come down here and no honestly what's going on the, the most recent track of the storm has a storm in North Carolina on Saturday so <laughs> I don't know exactly what he wants um, but you know at this point I think you know the ACC and Florida State and safety officials wouldn't have let the game go on if it wasn't going to be safe. So, play the damn football game, Clawson. Let's go. I Dealey's still trying to trying to figure out what explodes from the spear <laughs> that gets planted. From he Osceola. didn't he didn't call it a spear. He called it a thing. The thing, yeah, the horse and the thing, and it explodes. I mean, just. <laughs> It's a great thought from one of the best football coaches in the ACC. Maybe Rick might be figuring out the mystery here. The crowd explodes when the spear hits the ground. I guess we can go I, that I, way, I maybe. That I wasn't guess, his verbiage, but we'll give him the like, benefit of the doubt this time. Maybe, maybe we're we're not seeing things that Dave Clawson's seen. Maybe, but maybe I so. I will say he was very complimentary of, of Florida State and. You know, we talked about how he can see a difference in this team from last year, which, you know, the Seminoles traveled to Wake Forest last year. That was the that was the one game on the schedule where they lost by more than two possessions and they had five turnovers. It was I remember McKenzie, McKenzie Milton and Jordan Travis were getting flip flopped every drive. I, I remember <laughs> me and Logan talking to each other and just I remember the the post game oh. reaction show. We were just in and out, in and out. We were just freaking out about that. And y'all weren't at the game. I was at the game. Yeah. And that's I, the just, reason right there for you. So that continued no, no, we get the time and we're one to know now. It's a new it's a new year. It was a disaster. And this is a chance not only for us, but for Florida State to get some revenge. Oh, hundred percent Florida State. Both teams, I mean, they're gonna be hungry. Wake Forest coming off that close loss there. Long, long game. I want to get that too, but I want to go back to some of Clawson's uh, quotes because I thought this would be pretty good because not all of it was about hurricane talk. Uh, he talked about Coach Norvell. He said, Coach Norvell is a really good football coach, and it's year three. I got to know him well. When we played Memphis in the Birmingham Bowl in 2018, they've done as good as a job of anybody of blending what he inherited with the transfer portal. Uh, he also talked about the Seminoles looking different this season. He said they're playing with a different energy this year. They're playing with a different confidence, a different sense of purpose. The team that we're watching right now on tape doesn't look anything like the team that we saw last year. They're playing at a high level. 
they're a fast starting team. They've scored 55 points in the first quarter. And so like a week ago that we didn't start fast, we need to start fast. If not, these guys can jump out and you don't want to play these guys from behind. Uh, and then he went on to talk about Jordan Travis, too. He's very high on, on Jay Trav. He said, this guy, he can create, and he keeps his eyes down the field, as we were just talking about earlier. So many of their explosive plays are you don't get him down, and he keeps his eyes down the field. He's like Sam Hartman. He'll jump up and make throws across his body. He plays with a lot of courage. So uh, very, very high on Norvell. A lot of respect there for the head coach here in Tallahassee, along with Jordan Travis. Yeah, I mean, pretty much what I said. Yeah, he was very complimentary of Florida State. And I feel like every every coach so far this season, when we've taken a look at their pregame presser, their their normal weekly pressers or whatever leading up to the game, they've all had a lot of good things to say about FSU and the way that Mike Norvell has begun to turn things around and how they're starting to see a difference and, you know, we're seeing it. The The fans are seeing it. The team is making it happen on the field with his 4-0 start. It says a lot that other coaches and other players are seeing it as well for Florida State. Yeah, but, and I also feel like if a coach came on and bashed the team that was 4-0, you know, they'd catch some flack. So, you know, he's saying what he's supposed to say. <laughs> he, he, he did it just a different way. He's, normally, about he's, normally, a nice, he's normally a pretty nice guy from all accounts. Your relationship with him? Just, I mean, he's been the coach at Wake for a while, so I've seen some of their press conferences and stuff watched, in the past. Wake press I don't watch it, but I've seen it. He does. He watches them. He popped up on Twitter. Or, you know, never, I follow. Never say Dustin isn't dedicated. He's watching Wake Force press conferences every Tuesday. I do my research. Okay, I, I try to. I try to keep everyone informed. I, I try to do a good job so that I'm helping out the listeners. You know. There you go. Exactly. We do a lot of things for the listeners. So pre- also, the listener is hanging out with us. We're almost close to 100 likes on YouTube. So if you're on YouTube right now, definitely appreciate it if you drop that like button. Surprisingly, the more likes, it gets a ton more FSU fans in here. So it's much appreciated. Let's jump into this game now. What are some key matchups you think for FSU? And I think it might just be right easy peasy lemon squeeze at what's going to be the biggest one. And that's going to be Sam Harmon versus Florida State's secondary. I think that might be the telling of the game, just straight up. Yeah, I mean, we saw Wake Forest last week. Their offensive line was horrible. I think they allowed 16 pressures. Their left tackle had a pass block grade of zero in 75 snaps. <laughs> like, they were not good. And, you know, Sam Hartman was still 20 of 29, you know, what was it, five touchdowns against the Blitz. Uh, he was just superb against Clemson. Granted, Clemson's secondary hasn't been as good as we're used to them being, but it's still Clemson. You know, they still have talent, um, and still he tore them up. It's going to be really interesting to see how he responds this week if he can have that same kind of performance, and how Florida State's D line does against Wake's offensive line. You know, they they've seen what you know even Liberty and Vanderbilt can do. Florida State's absolutely got more talent than those teams. Why can't they have that same kind of success? Are they going to have to bring the blitz as much as Clemson did? It's going to be really, really interesting to see how Adam Fuller calls this game on Saturday. It's going to be a battle on defense just because of what Wake Forest presents on offense. They've got two really big receivers. You've got A.T. Perry at six foot five. You've got Jamal Banks at six foot four, the two leading receivers. 
for Wake Forest, and Perry's averaging 17.1 yards per catch. He's got two touchdowns, whereas Banks already has 238 yards receiving and five touchdowns. And then just looking at the rest of their skill players, they've got four other wide receivers that have at least eight catches for 115 yards. So really six guys that the ball is going to be spread around to from Hartman. And, you know, any of these guys could break out as evidenced by their stats. It's all pretty balanced there. But especially A.T. Perry and Jamal Banks on the outside with their size against Florida State's defensive backs, I think it's going to be huge um, to win those matchups. But when you look at FSU, you know, they've already got some really big receivers, Johnny Wilson, Malik McLean, Kentron Poitier. The list goes on that these DBs battle with against every practice. And I think that does benefit Florida State because they're able to provide some very good looks on scout this week leading up to the game because they present a couple big receivers. But, you know, along with uh, the front seven, which hopefully Florida State will get a couple guys back who were banged up. It's going to be huge for those DBs to shut down these wake receivers. There's a few questions in here regarding the weather right now. It's looking like a beautiful game day for FSU and that wind go ahead and throw that out the window. There might, there might be a decent amount of wind, but it's not going to affect as much of where Dave Clawson is not going to throw the ball a ton. They're going to throw the ball a ton. I mean, Sam Hartman, is the heart of this team and they're going to throw it. Cause that's one, that's his biggest talent there. I mean, he's a lethal quarterback and you know, he's got wide receivers, Donovan green, AT pair, like you were just talking about to D Lou and Jamal banks, who just went off against Clemson last week. And you got to also think too, on wake forest side, their DB is good to go against that size too. So I'm both sides get to go against some good wide receivers and good size, keeping that in mind. So it, it's going to come down to defensive backs. And I thought Renardo green has looked great, but with Marion Cooper, you know, playing well too and it seems like he's fully healthy now that's probably a good sign for Lisa Marion being being all good to go uh, that's a good thing and I, I've loved how Renardo Green has played both and coverage we don't talk about him as much in coverage because not a lot of quarterbacks are going that way to him right now and uh, on the other side probably his best talent is open tackling man god if you want to learn how to tackle, just look up number eight on Florida State's defense. He's doing a great job of that this season. For sure. And, you know, Wake's definitely going to try and do some stuff on the ground. They've got that really weird RPO mesh concept that takes four or five seconds. And then at the last second, Hartman either hands it off or keeps it or, or throws it. They're going to try and do some weird things to trick FSU a couple times, but last week against Clemson, 39 carries, 110 yards, 2.8 yards a carry. They weren't able to get much done on the ground. So I think it's going to be similar. It's going to be tough for them to establish consistency against Florida State's rushing defense, which is going to force them to the air, and we'll see if Hartman's able to beat them. Because like we said, I mean, he was terrific last week against Clemson, but at the same time, Clemson has a very beat-up and young defensive backfield, whereas Florida State – at least at the starting end. And then, you know, with Jerry and Jones, there's some experience there and some guys that have been in the system for multiple years, you know, Shaheen Brown as well, backing up the the starting safeties. So some experience, we'll see if it pays off for FSU. They're not going to shut down Sam Hartman in this passing attack, but, you know, you've got to limit them enough for the offense to get this win. I think, I think both teams are going to want to air it out more a little bit in this game because Wake Forest has a pretty solid rush defense. You know, they held Will Shipley mm-hmm. to just above 100 yards, which for Shipley is pretty solid. Um, but as a team, they're holding teams to like 3.7 yards of carry this year. Um, that's pretty impressive. You know, as impressive as Florida State's running backs have been this year, 
I think Florida State's going to have to win this game through the air and trust Jordan Travis and trust those wide receivers. Um, and Wake Forest is going to do the same thing with with Sam Hartman and their receivers. Are we, are we like a high-scoring game in this one? I, I am. A yep. lot like the Clemson game that they just had? Yep. I'm, I'm thinking both teams over 30. That's where my score For prediction sure. is at right now. And like you said, Austin, they, they limited a really good running back in Will Shipley. He had 100 yards, but 51 came on one play. So that means he had 19 yep. carries for like 53 yards. So we'll see what Florida State's able to do there. I think they'll still be able to find some success, maybe not as much as they've been finding so far this year. Um and yeah, you know, Wake Wake Forest, one of their best cornerbacks is out for the season. They've had, they've got another one, Kalen Carson, who missed last week with an injury, but he's listed as a starter this week. We'll see if he's wow. able to go. Jesus dog. <laughs> so, to trip in there. Like you said, Austin, I think Florida State, you go up and you try and take advantage of Wake Forest's secondary. And especially this isn't the best defense that FSU has played this year, and they've already proved that they can throw the ball against LSU, Louisville. Boston College, and I think they'll be able to do it again against Wake Forest as long as Travis is back there and making good decisions. And and it's weird that we're expecting a high scoring game. If you if you look at it statistically, yes, like this should be a high scoring game. And then you go to Pro Football Focus, and they're like fourth nationally in defensive grade, which makes no sense. But it basically comes down to that they're great against the run, and they don't commit penalties as a team in general. I think as a team, they're only averaging like five or six penalties a game. It's a very disciplined team, which is what you expect out of Dave Clawson. Um, it's just weird, you know. We're, we're both expecting a high scoring game, they're fourth nationally in, in defensive rating. Makes no sense. I mean, you gave up 36 points to Liberty and what was it, 25 to Vanderbilt? Doesn't make sense to me. One thing they have done decently well, well, I guess, is forced turnovers. turnovers yeah, already forced eight turnovers on the season. And to their to your point on their ability to stop the run, they've also got 10 sacks in uh four games so they've gotten roasted a couple times but they've done a couple things right we'll see which version of wake forest shows up on saturday but you know in my opinion this is a defense of florida state should be able to find plenty of success against and i think wake forest is going to find success against florida state's defense and whichever one bends the least is going to be who wins this one in the end i think it comes down to the fourth quarter yeah and going to defensive end you know you know, with Jared Verse, we'll see if he ends up being available. Let's just say that Jared Verse is not available on Saturday. I think this is going to be one of those games where we're going to find out, damn, we missed Jared Verse. And I hate I hate it. It sucks that way. But that's where you got to have Pat Payne or someone on that other side of Derek McLennan step up. Dennis Briggs, too. It's time, man. But, you know, I like Pat Payne. He's got that young, young drive in him. I think, you know, Pat Payne's going to get a lot of burn in this game. Derek McLendon, he's got the speed there too, but you got you got to get to him. And Sam Hartman is very good on the blitz. We saw it against Clemson too. No matter kind of what you do to him, I mean, you can drop Jamie down and, and blitz him. You can have Brendan Gant come down and come at him. He's going to eye that, and he's going to find somebody. And he does a good job of watching film, and he knows who to dump it off to if that's the situation that he's in. And both both quarterbacks, this is going to be such a fun game to watch for two quarterbacks that are playing really good football right now. If you like that kind of stuff, and if you like scoring, this is probably going to be the game. I'm, I'm not discrediting Adam Fuller, though. I thought he, like Norvell said, he called a really – one of his best games. Uh, I'm, 
I'm interested to see what Adam Fuller has planned up for this one too, because uh, you can't you can't just allow Sam Hartman to sit back there. You, Jared Jackson, Joshua Farmer, Malcolm Ray, those three guys on the other side of Robert Cooper, I've got to drill in and get on the inside too. If 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 McLennan on the outside or Pat Payne aren't able to do anything, you got to hope that interior defensive line, which still is extremely talented. I know you don't have Fabian Lovin in there, but still. We talked about it all throughout the offseason and going to the season, D. Lou. Those are three potential starters there with Malcolm Ray, Joshua Farmer, and then Jared Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough where Florida State's defensive line at is at injury-wise, injury but you do have those guys that gained valuable experience last year when Dennis Briggs was knocked out for the season, and you've got some of those younger guys in the defensive end room that can hopefully step up, Patrick Payton, like you mentioned, and then, you know, Leonard Warner, Dennis Briggs, Derek McClendon, going to see a lot of time there on the edge for Florida State. But, you know, as for Hartman, he's really seen it all. He's seen everything you can present to him mm -hmm. uh, from a college defense, uh, from a blitz standpoint, from a coverage standpoint for the defensive backs. So really it's just can you make him uncomfortable enough to win this game? And Liberty nearly did. They picked him off twice. That's the only two interceptions that – he's thrown this season and they did it by getting to the passer, you know, three sacks, which ties for what Clemson was able to get on Hartman a week ago. So I really think, you know, you've got some injuries there, but this pass rush is going to have to step up. And I said it earlier, whether it's the, the four linemen getting there, whether it's blitz and linebackers or defensive backs, just something to get in Hartman's face, make him uncomfortable. And I always say, try and get to these quarterbacks early, put a big hit on them early, do something early that confuses them so that they're thinking the rest of the game. Um, we'll see how this defense comes out. You know, they were able to get an early interception on Phil Jerkovich against Boston College, and from there it fell apart for the Eagles. If they can come out and get a, you know, if Florida State gets the ball first and scores, can the defense come out and force a turnover or get a three and out and get the ball right back for the offense to create another momentum play? It's something like that. Because like Clawson said, you know, Florida State, they've gotten off to some very fast starts in the first quarter. Um, we'll, we'll see if they can do it on Saturday, but this is going to be a really tough one. To your point about the pressure, I think they're going to have to get there with just four or five rushers. I think if they start sending six, then Harbin's – it's like last week against Clemson, he can start picking these receivers and picking his spots. That, that defensive line is going to be huge, whether it's Pat Payton, whether versus maybe healthy. You know, they're going to have to get to the quarterback somehow one way or another with just their lineman and maybe a linebacker blitzing or maybe with a safety blitz. I don't think it's going to be like last week where you're sending Shaheen Brown and Tatum Bethune and someone else. I don't think it's going to be a lot of that. We'll I see. Real quick here, important to note, Wake Forest returning all five starters on the offensive line. They have one of the most veteran offensive lines in the country with 192 combined starts but at the same time they've really struggled you know like I like I said earlier they've allowed eight sacks on Hartman in three games only what was it 3.4 yards or something like that rushing per carry on the season so they haven't been the best Austin I know you noted earlier left tackle with a grade of zero um it's pretty impressive so honestly. despite having some veterans there you know maybe Florida State's defensive line can have some success or at least open up some holes for Tatum Bethune and Kalen Deloach, which, you know, they've been flying all over the place in recent weeks to create a little bit of havoc because Sam Hartman, unlike uh, Malik Cunningham, and, I mean, we didn't get to really see Jerkovich do it, and, you know, Jaden Daniels, obviously, not really a scrambler, unlike some of these other quarterbacks that Florida State has played, and maybe that will help them as far as 
defending uh, Wake Forest's passing attack. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, too, just going back to this last weekend, you know, you had Zay Flowers, talented, talented player for Boston College. There's one that you kind of had to base your defense and your you know, preparations for because that is a really good athlete. Absolutely. But you've got multiple ones, Donovan Green, A.T. Perry, Jamal Banks. Like, it adds up here now where you're going to have to rely on, on some guys being solo dolo in coverage, and you just got to hope your player makes a play. And we, we've seen that happen a few times. I'm, I'm looking for Akeem Dent to get his first interception of the season, man. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm feeling it. Uh, you know, there, there's been some things in practice that, that I like. He's at the right spot at the right time. I just need to see it in the game, and I want to see him come away with it. He talked about it earlier in the season that he's he's set some goals for himself. This would be a good game to come away with an interception against Sam Hartman, I, I believe. I, th- I think it's going to be a linebacker, e- either Bethune, Lundy, or or uh, Deloach. You know, with the slow mesh concept, I think just one of these times they're going to get sucked in, and as they're backing out, you know, kind of how we almost saw Jaden Woodby get it last week against Travis. I think you might see something similar with these linebackers. Yeah, the, the pass rush will do it. Off, I know we haven't really talked offensively here, but you know, we we that's the thing. As you like, I know a uh, beat reporter today asked uh, Coach Romero, or actually it was Jordan Travis about Johnny Wilson. You know, he has that big game, Louisville, and then and Boston College, nothing much going on there. But then that allows other wide receivers to come away with it because now I think defenses are preparing better for Johnny Wilson as they should. Who here on offense needs to needs to have a good game, or which position group you think? Definitely uh, the offensive line, because like Austin said, Wake Forest they've been doing a really good job as far as limiting the run and getting after the passer, and that's something that I think we didn't mention earlier when we were talking about all the progressions that Jordan Travis has made. But having an offensive line in front of him that has given him time to throw the ball and pave the way for a pretty damn good rushing attack that's got to help in his development as well. So I think it's important, especially, you know, we don't know if Robert Scott is going to be able to go in this game or if Darius Washington is going to start for a second straight contest at left tackle. We're not quite sure there yet. So it would be huge if they can come out early and set the tone, get Florida State some momentum on the ground and then go to the play action like they did against Louisville and hit a, hit a wide open tight end like they're able to do with Cam McDonald or Preston Daniel, but it's important that that unit plays well. I think it's the receivers, you know, I think, as I mentioned, I think Florida State's going to be in the air a lot this game. We've had four straight games with a, with four different leader receivers. Is it going to be someone else yep. this game? Is it Malik McLean? Maybe, you know, he's only got four catches for 48 yards on the season. Maybe they're not preparing for him. I think that's kind of what Florida State's doing right now. They're just throwing a different receiver out there saying, Hey, this is going to be your game. They're not, preparing for you they saw what johnny wilson did against louisville and they're like okay let's find a way to get someone else involved make them think of something else and i wouldn't be surprised if you see that happen this game the tom tom's bringing up a good point here we talked about it at practice the offense and it seems like there's a new guy every week that florida state is throwing out there and making plays and it was kind of a variety more than anything this last week in between darion you had kentron's fantastic catch there but you know, the week before that, Johnny Wilson, you had a week two or week one legitimately against LSU with Ontario Wilson. Guys making plays that you didn't see last year. You're kind of relying on one or two guys now. That's widespread between 
uh, four or five players. I mean, look at Micah Pittman too. He's not a guy that's your ex guy. He's not on the outside going down for explosive plays, but when you need to get a first down, Micah Pittman has been really pivotal and someone that Magnervell has relied on quite a bit calling these plays. It's just it's impressive. So much, it's so much better on third down, man. We need to be praising that more <laughs> Florida state on offense and defense on third down. I, it's crazy. And that's how it is. And no matter what, no, whatever topics we talk about politics, whatever, anything that's good, it is not talked about enough. It is not. But if, if Florida state was doing bad on third downs this year, everybody would be causing a havoc and be third and fuller, third and fuller. Florida state has done a great job, both offensively and defensively on third down. I'm giving praise to it right now for you, Adam Fuller and Mike Norvell I'm giving you my praise. Not, not that that matter is worth a damn, but someone's got to bring it up, man. Florida state has done a great job on third downs. To your point, Florida State's offense was top 15 in the country before the Boston College game as far as third down conversion percentage. I, I haven't checked this week, and the defense, from what I remember, was top 25 as well. So they've both been up there. But just going back to the number of skill players that have made a significant impact for Florida State, it, you know, we talked about the receivers. They weren't good last year. It was kind of up and down. During the spring, Logan, there were still some drop issues and some guys that were building chemistry with the quarterbacks. And, you know, it was a lot better in the preseason. But and I guess I'm kind of asking you, I, I don't think that we ever would have thought through four games that they'd be playing at this type of level where Johnny Wilson's already got more. Austin, I think you brought it up on Saturday. Johnny Wilson's already got more receiving yards at FSU than he did in two years at Arizona State. And you've had four different receivers lead in yardage in four games. Um, some returning guys have made an impact. Transfers have made an impact. It's really been a group effort. And then you're missing Winston Wright and Ja'Kai Douglas. So you're missing two guys who could have been who, and who still might be at some point this year, crucial contributors in that room. I mean, it just blows my mind what Norvell Atkins and Ron Dugans uh, have done and especially, and the players as well with how hard they've worked to get to this point it's crazy where these receivers have went from last year and that bold prediction that i told you guys about before the season two receivers over 600 yards after not having a receiver break 402 years it's mm. uh it's it's getting there we're starting hey, to get there by the way it took me a minute but i did get third down stats uh florida state is 14th offensively converting on third downs at 51 percent and then they're 56th defensively which seems you know iffy but it's they're 36 percent on getting off the field like it's a, it's a very good conversion rate that if you know teams are converting one out of three first downs on third down mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty yeah. good honestly yeah yeah and just some stuff worth mentioning there uh let's jump into some score predictions unless y'all have anything else worth bringing up anything else that is on y'all's mind before we drop some score predictions and wrap up everything just say thoughts with the people in Florida who are getting hit by the hurricane. I mean, I know we're going to get to dodge it up here in Tallahassee at least, but you know, for the people down in central Florida and that Tampa area who are getting hit really hard, you know, wishing yeah, the best. Myers. Yeah. Four Myers going through it tonight down there. Absolutely brutal stuff. I know without power and such, uh, it sucks. I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I have a lot of family down there in, in St. Pete and Tampa area. So, Mm, it's it's brutal hoping hoping for the best i know we probably won't figure out the damage and everything until tomorrow but longer whew, and now now it's dark out there too so it just doesn't help anything but wishing our best over here from the show 
Uh, let's hopefully, hopefully the game this upcoming weekend can be a nice, nice distraction for everybody. Uh, let's jump into some score predictions. Uh, Florida State's gonna be facing Wake Forest, ranked number twenty-second in the country. Florida State ranked number twenty-three. We have a ranked game, and Florida State's also ranked in this one for the first time in a very long time, guys. I'm excited for it. I think we're gonna have a shootout. Which sign me up. And also make sure you take your blood pressure pills, everybody. Head into the stadium. Let's all stay safe and um, watch that heart rate because it could be one of those games on Saturday afternoon. Who went first last week? I did. I think so I'm second. No, yeah, I thought no. I went. Yeah, I went. It was back to me because I went first for LSU. But I went first for Duquesne. It was me last um, week. You sure I didn't go? Yes. I know I didn't go first last week. So quick, betting, so quick betting while Dustin realizes he's wrong. I'm pretty uh, sure I went. I'd it's going to be very hard. He won't admit it. F- Florida State's actually is almost a touchdown favorite at six and a half right now. Mm, and the climbing. Over-under, yeah, and the over-under is 64 and a half, which basically makes it like a 35-30 kind of game for the most part. Okay. drop And everybody drop your, as, as usual, drop your score predictions in the chat too. Drop the score predictions in. So then we get everybody's. Does that mean you want me to go first? or Yes, because I went first last week. Yeah, so you go, I go, then VZ goes. So this one should be a fun one. You got two of the premier quarterbacks in the ACC and Sam Hartman and Jordan Travis, two really high-powered offenses that have scored a lot of points so far through the first third of the year. And even though Wake Forest lost last week to Clemson, they're bringing a really capable team in Tallahassee. And like we talked about, you know, made the AC championship last year, came up short, and they've got to have a lot of mo- motivation to want to get back there again. And to do that, they're going to have to beat Florida State. If they lose this game, there's pretty there's a very slim chance that Wake Forest is able to get back to Charlotte once again. So I think you're going to see a very desperate Wake Forest team come in, and it's going to take a really solid effort from Florida State on the defensive side of the ball to win the, to win this game. As I said before, I think the offense is going to be able to pretty much get what they want to do. Maybe Wake makes it tough on them at a couple points, but I think they're going to score in crucial situations like you want them to do. And I'm expecting a lot of points. I'm going to go with the over. I've got Florida State 38, Wake Forest 35, a high-scoring affair in Tallahassee with the Noles coming out on top. And if you look at the stats, Wake Forest, this would uh, 35 would be the lowest points they've scored all year. Right now, it's 37 to Liberty. They're averaging 42.8 points a game. So when we say high-powered, we're talking about two really high-powered offenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of scoring, Dulu. I, I do think so. I'm around that same range with you. I'm just excited because we're going to watch two quarterbacks go at it, and this is where J-Trav, like VZ, and I'm kind of on VZ side here, where they're going to have to throw it quite a bit. Um, but I'm not counting out at all, though. I understand, you know, Wake Forest's defensive line got some talented guys there on that inside and they've been able to bring in some pass rush, but I'm not counting out of Florida state's run game. I'm not going to count them out whatsoever with Trey Benson, uh, Toa Philly, and obviously Trey Sean Ward and what he can do definitely in open space. Uh, I'm not going to count out that run game, but there's going to be some scoring. I think Florida state's defense is, is going to keep up for the most part. I think they're going to perform better than Clemson did. I'm going to go and put that out there right now in the secondary. Will. Uh, I just really liked what I saw from practice this week. I'm really risking my 4-0 here. I'm really risking my 4-0 on the season. Um, uh, it's it's a little nervous, but I'm going. I've been going with my gut since the beginning. I went with my gut with the record too, and I've got Florida State eight and four. 
I was I was initially going with seven and five. So everything's on my gut this year. And I got Florida State winning this one. Uh, I had it earlier in my head, 34 to 31. 34 to 31 Florida State Seminoles win. They go 5-0 and on the season before they go on the road. One out of the three tough games done. I'm excited, though. What do we got, VZ? It's going to be really interesting to see how Wake responds to that loss against Clemson. I, I know we mentioned it earlier. Is it a team that's going to be deflated, or is it going to be a team that's really fired up, really needed Take a hold of the moment and get into Tallahassee, try and win a game. Um, on, on the flip side, I'm pretty sure Nova was pretty pissed with their effort in Winston-Salem last year. Um, just nothing seemed to go right. Pass interferences everywhere, turnovers everywhere, fumbles everywhere. It, it's going to be I, – I saw someone mention it. Yeah, Tom, I, I, I think Norvell really has this game circled. He wants to come out and make a point. It's tough. I've been flipping back and forth all day, partially because I haven't seen a single person pick Wake Forest. Like nobody in any media. The Athletic hasn't done it. Bleacher Report hasn't done it. I feel like these are two very similarly evenly matched teams, and to see everyone take Florida State's kind of got me second-guessing things (laughs) just a little bit. Um, But I think I am going to take Florida State 41-38. 4138. Ooh, man. With Fitzgerald getting some redemption. Oh. Are you saying he hits a game winner? I'm not. Yeah, sure. Why not? I was going to make a joke earlier Whoa. about um, how the wind's not going to affect him. He's still going to miss kicks, but I think he's going to get some redemption. <laughs> oh Has he missed one in the last two practices, D Lou? Four for four today. I don't think he missed one yesterday when me and Tommy were sitting up there. I think he went eight for eight the last two days. I, I will say, if, if Clawson hadn't come out so negative energy all week, I think I would have picked Wake. Yeah, they, 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 he really hurt themselves with that because like, this team, I all, wouldn't... all he's done is given Florida State something to put in every single locker. And yeah, that and already to a team at FSU who has a lot of momentum and is hungry. I mean, these guys are there's there's already enough energy in Tallahassee. I'll go and tell you the practices. Yeah. There's already enough. The coaches, already enough. But just to kind of add it up like that, I don't think that was a great idea for Mr. Clawson. Not a great idea. And then also add on where Florida State wasn't really going to have a sellout here to now it's being advertised all across social media to get your ass into Doe Campbell Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Not a great idea. And it's going to be louder. And it's going to be pretty loud. So I don't My- think Florida State wants it to come down to a kick, though, because you got Wake Forest coming in. Matthew Dennis, eight for eight. And you have Florida State, Ryan Fitzgerald, four out of seven. Missed an extra point last week. So He's only missed three kicks. It feels like seven. I'm going to be honest. I think he's missed three of his last five in-game kicks. And it it got to three of four at one point. So that's why it seems maybe worse than it actually is. But four out of seven, I don't think as long as 25 yards anymore. I think it's a little bit longer. I mean, I'm not God, quite sure. Can, Either way, can only hope. Hey, hey, <laughs> but he's it, bouncing back in practice, so you know, hopefully that will help him get everything under control and all mental. He'll perform this weekend against Wake. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it last week. He's done it before. Ten of thirteen last year, hit a game winner, went on a stretch at at uh, after the first, I think, two or three games, only missed one field goal the remainder of the 2021 season. So he's done it. It's just. It's mental when you get in a rut like that and start to second guess yourself. And 
hopefully he can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If he ends up hitting that game winner there, when we do our instant reaction, we'll I'm bringing going... him on the pod next week. Oh, uh, well, absolutely. And then I'm going outside on the instant reaction, right where he kicked it right there. We're going to do the instant reaction starting off right there. Oh, so. God. Yeah. But they, if I, if I get arrested, I get arrested right here on, on the 32 right hash <laughs> is where it I, happened. I don't, think, I don't think it's gonna be that far away. It's going to be like from the 20 yard line. I don't think they trust next- him. I don't think they trust him with a field goal that's 50 yards to win the game. I don't think they would. What was what it? Fourth down and what? I, listen, I can only see so much of the future. I can't see that. <laughs> Here we go. This man's getting a new car. He got a Bronco being shipped to him tomorrow. What's your license plate number? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Before you leave YouTube, we have over almost 150 people on here. Hit the like button before you leave. appreciate it. It goes out to more FSU fans. We got over oh, like 120 likes right now. So uh, definitely thankful for all of y'all coming on here. Also, shout out to Hiking Williams and Coach Shu. Great interview. Also, D. Lou for hooking up that interview. Uh, it was great. You know, five-star wide receiver. Haven't had a five-star on here yet. But uh, definitely good to hear from Hakeem what went through his recruitment, his relationships with the staff, Omar Graham Jr. too. Uh, some really cool insight there. If you guys are late to the video, I'd suggest going all the way back and rewinding. Um, <laughs> Hakeem gave us some good stuff, so appreciate him. As always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We'll be live doing another instant reaction right after the game inside Doe Campbell Stadium with VZ. Dilu, maybe not VZ, we'll see, but at least me and Dilu, maybe VZ uh, from inside Doke after the game when Florida State takes on number 22 ranked Wake Forest inside Doke Campbell Stadium, primetime, 3 30 kickoff on ABC. See you guys, have a great rest of y'all's week. Everybody, please stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys Saturday evening after the game. Peace. Same.